Welcome to the Be Ruthless Show, where we have the conversations that other people don't, the conversations that other people won't. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I'm ready to make a lot of noise and disrupt things ruthlessly. Thanks for being here today. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Be Ruthless Show. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and welcome to the first Monday in December. I am still wrapping my head around the fact that it's 2022, and here we are, the last month of the year, and it's just blowing my mind. I hope everyone is safe, happy, healthy, and enjoying the end of the year wherever you are. I cannot start a Monday episode without talking about football. How about my Wolverines? How about my Cowboys? The Lions even pulled off a win. But that doesn't really affect my world. That's more entertainment truly for me. I It has been way too long that Michigan has been this good and the world has acknowledged it without pointing out all the flaws and the mistakes and what could be. Isn't that the world we live in? Even when you're doing well and undefeated, there are haters out there who point out every mistake. And I am thrilled to be going to a bowl game and to be in the national championship conversation. This is how I grew up. Michigan has always been the best and it has just been too long. So to all the Wolverines out there, Let's go blue and please enjoy this. I hope it continues, but having this long stretch in between our amazing history reminds me that you just never know what any season will bring. And even though we won last year, we won our division last year as well. And it's been two years in a row. This feels like the first year that people are taking us seriously again. And how about my Cowboys? They crushed it last night. And there has been a lot of talk. I don't want to devote too much time to this, but there has been a lot of talk about a picture of Jerry Jones that surfaced from when he was, I believe, 14 years old. And it is, he is part of a group that's standing Uh, doing something to prevent Blacks from sitting near whites, something to do with racism. And it's gotten so much press and coverage. But what's humorous to me is that people reach out as if Jerry Jones and I have meals together and I am responsible for his behavior. People have reached out like, shame on you, Sam. How dare you support a team or love a team that is owned by someone who could be a part of something. And I just want to point out that there are millions of people doing millions of things everywhere that has nothing to do with how I live my life. And I'm a sports fan. It has nothing to do with politics for me. I picked the Cowboys when I was a tat, probably because of the stars on their helmet. I love stars, so I either love stars because of the Cowboys or Cowboys because of the stars, but it's not based on individuals. I certainly follow individuals. You know if there's a player doing something off the field that I am so impressed by, I will share it, follow him, be a fan. But I also want to point out that Jerry Jones is 
in his 70s, possibly 80. 14 was a long time of him and people are allowed to change. And whether you like him or not, he is a crazy smart businessman. And my love of the Cowboys has to do with football and just not changing teams because of something going on. There have been amazing players and there have been players who have made a huge mistakes that are all part of Cowboys nation. And I stand by being a Cowboys fan through and through. So to anyone who questions my beliefs on a personal matter, you know, I am all for diversity. I am so inclusive and open-minded and that includes allowing grace for people to change and not holding someone responsible for a decision that they're saying is not something they're proud of 60 or 70 years ago. So I just wanted to acknowledge that I haven't talked about it because I honestly, if, if you look at my past, we could bring up a hundred stupid things I've done in my lifetime, certainly at the age of 14. So I just didn't want to feed into the drama. I don't stand for racism. And if you know me, you know that, but I also don't stand for not allowing people to change and not allowing people to grow. And we still have a long way to go. We have come so far. And I just want to acknowledge that, of course, I've seen the picture and I don't promote it, but that doesn't mean I'm going to give up my love for the Cowboys. On another note, a lot has been going on with me this past week since I have been back from Michigan from Thanksgiving. If you can hear it in my voice, I caught the flu cold that everyone has had. I really, really only felt terrible for two days. Last week, Thursday and Friday were awful, but I am congested and have been sick for a week or so and staying safe and staying away from others so I don't spread my germs, all of those things. But what really happened and what has been a huge part, excuse me, of my world is that I ended up at urgent care yesterday and I am so grateful that I went. I was debating waiting until today, waiting until Monday morning because I thought it would be crazy busy on a Sunday, huge football day, all of the things. But if you know me, I had back surgery uh, just over five years ago about a month before I lost Jim, and it was physically the most difficult thing I've ever been through leading up to surgery. I was barely mobile. 2017, I couldn't do half of the things I enjoy. I could literally hardly get out of bed. So surgery was a gift. I literally came out of recovery and I could feel the relief instantly. And the only thing I did in 2018 that I know that I remember clearly is take care of myself and my back, every physical therapy appointment, any and everything I could do, because I never, ever want to go through anything like that again. And to, and to add to that, I was in a car accident in 2014 and at that point hurt my back when I had all of my x-rays, they could see injuries, but I didn't start having problems for a couple of years. And I minimized them 
I would toss it off to, I slept funny or I aggravated it working out and I didn't listen to my body. I didn't take it seriously. And I just kept going and would ice and heat and do all of the things in between. But I didn't take the time to go to the doctor to find out what was really going on with me until it was too late. And I was in so much pain and the only option was surgery. We tried all of the other things, but my back had just gotten so bad that nothing else worked. Physical therapy and cortisone shots and all of the things that could help if I had done it sooner were useless. And so here I am, anytime I travel, if you're someone with an injury, you know, lugging a suitcase to the airport, putting it above you in the overhead on the plane, sleeping in a different bed. Anytime I travel, I'm more aware of my back. I bring my CBD patches and all of the things because I've learned that traveling can aggravate it. And the first time that happened, I panicked. I came home early and went to my surgeon and was truly, truly panicked that I had re-injured my back. And I have come to know the familiar aches and pains. I know if I sleep funny, I know if I play a little rough with the pups and I give it, you know, a little aggravation in an area that it might act up for a day. I know all of the things. And the past week, my back has been hurting in a different place, in a different way, and it has been making my anxiety act up, right? I talk all the time about the physical and the emotional being connected. So I knew that my anxiety was heightened because of my back. But there are other times when maybe it's it's not an injury that we've, maybe we slip and have a bruise. And I just want you to recognize that if other things start happening, there can be a connection. So I woke up in the middle of the night, Saturday night, Sunday morning, so, so sick with abdominal stuff. And my back pain is usually lower right side. Well, it's been bothering me on the left. It's been bothering me a little higher. But what also has been happening is it's been going around, like around the side of my back, curving over to the front. So I truly have been driving myself crazy. Like, is this what PMS at 49 feels like? Is this menstrual stuff, crampy stuff causing my back to act up? Because if you're a woman, you know, cramps and menstrual stuff can be pain all over. I'm thinking, did I hurt my back? And it's aggravating my stomach. Did I pull a muscle? What is going on? Well, yesterday I was in so much pain, not only my back, it was really, truly my stomach. And I was, I was really nervous. Like I was convinced I had done something to my stomach. And so it's not as easy living in Fort Collins currently. I don't know a ton of people yet. And I don't want to ask someone from Denver to come all the way and help me out for a, a ride or keeping me company at a doctor's appointment. I would do that for a friend. My friends would do that for me in a heartbeat, but it's not around the block. That is a favor to, when you do that for somebody who lives in the same house with you, right? It's your time. It's something 
it takes time away from something else that you're not doing. But now we add over an hour drive to it. So ironically, Tia, who is Jim's organ recipient and her family is, they are the people who even suggested Fort Collins to me and kind of what got me out here. And I love it so much. She called to say hi and to check on Sassy and Dallas. And she could tell instantly from my voice that I wasn't okay. And she said, I'm coming over. We're going to the doctor. That's what you would tell me. And it's true, right? We all absolutely know the advice we would give to someone else. And we can sit back and not always take it. So I didn't argue. I had already watched the Broncos lose. I had time before my Cowboys game and it was the right decision. I knew that not going was going to cause me more emotional pain. So I went and I'm fine. Nothing is wrong with my stomach. It truly is my back. And when it acts up, it can cause all different kinds of pain. And I'm telling you when they're unfamiliar, it throws me off. I couldn't focus on any of the other things I would normally do on a Sunday because I truly was consumed with worry. And if you looked at me, you would have thought I was just watching football, enjoying my Sunday, but my mind was in the loop of, oh my God, what, what am I going to do? So I'm fine. I have a follow-up on Friday with a specialist to see, but I have only taken one pill. And you know me, if you know me, I hate medication. I'm super sensitive, but I am not going to suffer more when there are things I can do to relieve my pain. So I have muscle relaxers, the same ones that I took when my back was horrendous. I came home, had some soup, I never take anything on an empty stomach because I'm so, so sensitive. And within an hour, I was feeling better. Much of that, 90% of that was my mind being at ease and the calm of knowing what is going on and not having to play the, do I need surgery game? What am I going to do? What if it is my stomach? Who will stay with the dogs? Who's going to stay with me? All of the things are immediately off the table. So to anyone who is putting off a twist, a sprain, a minor something, I just cannot emphasize the importance enough that this is when we get the most work done. If you wait until there's a crisis, if you wait until you break your leg, if you wait until you need surgery, the other things that are available to provide relief don't work. And so while I'm talking about my back and something physical. I'm going to bring up a funny story with a client because I think it's kind of the same. I had started working with a new client a few months ago, a new family. And in the beginning, you're just getting to know each other. You don't know each other well enough. Like I know my clients. I can tell if they're giving me a look that something is bothering them. Someone else says something and I can tell just by their body language. When With new clients, I can't tell and this family came to me in a crisis. We got through the crisis. And then they said, you know, we, we have a pretty solid foundation. We don't have that many problems. We hardly ever argue. Seeing you regularly is kind of a pain. 
I come home from work. I have to schedule an evening around being available. This is them talking to me and basically just saying, we think you're great. We'll call you if we need you. And that is absolutely anyone's choice. I mentioned, I said, I believe the best work can be done when there's not a crisis. I believe we can get to bigger stuff if we cut down versus stop talking. And it's still ultimately anybody's choice. And they chose to take a break. And sure enough, I got a call last week that there was a fiasco. I'm talking not nobody's in jail, nobody's injured, no physically, but a knockdown drag out, you know, crisis of the type that leads people to look for someone to talk to. And so they text messaged me and I could like hear the laughter in the text because it was like, well, we don't just need a check-in appointment. We kind of need to talk to you. It's, it's urgent. Something happened. And we talked and of course, they have decided to get back on track and to stay in touch every 10 days instead of every week. I get it. If you have a full-time job, making time in the evening for something is a lot. Even making time to go do something fun, to go to dinner or to go to a concert or a movie or your, your, the things you enjoy. So to make time for an appointment, I get it. It It's a schedule cruncher. It, it's It's frustrating. It can be work just to make the time. But when you don't make that time for yourself, for your loved ones, for the issues, stuff adds up, it builds up, and it can explode just like a garbage can that we keep stuffing. And so I'm not having this conversation to tell everyone that you must be in counseling every week forever. I joke all the time. There's a therapist that I know and love in Michigan that I tease uh, all the time saying you want lifelong clients. I prefer my clients learn the tools they need and graduate, if you will, and keep in touch with me, but they don't need to keep seeing me forever. And of course, if something comes up, they know how to reach out and get back in touch with me. So I just wanna show the difference between working through your stuff, creating that toolbox, having a sense of closure with the person you're seeing with an agreement that I've come this far, things are great, let's cut down, let's decrease versus goodbye altogether. What does that look like? When do you end therapy? When do you just cut down? And for those of you that are really, really busy and just trying to squeeze it in, and for those of you that it's a financial issue. And maybe you're basing the amount of appointments on dollars rather than need. I just want to encourage you to talk about what's best for you. This family didn't want to make the time until they saw the need. And now they recognize that a little bit of time on a regular basis is better than an explosion, an uproar, and a lot of time for a week or two than, than none. And so that might be different. You might be the type who would rather have an emergency deal with it on an as-needed basis. That is what I call cleaning up the mess. 
We don't necessarily solve the problems. We don't get to what happened that it got so big. And in this family's case, the issue is keeping stuff in and letting it build. I am not saying that I want a world full of complainers that we point out every little thing, but I do want a world that expresses what bothers them in a way that is productive and problem solving so that we can avoid big hiccups and arguments and altercations down the road. If I know that you hate it that when I stop by without calling, for example, silly example. But if I know that bothers you, I can adjust my behavior and I can call you and say, I'm in the area, I'd love to stop by. If I don't know that bothers you, I don't make those adjustments. And that takes communicating. And that takes my good friend saying to me, I love seeing you. However, I'm a planner and it really stresses me out when people stop by without calling. So please, please, even though you are on our side of town from Fort Collins, let us know ahead of time or please don't come by. These are amazing conversations. And again, a silly example, but it lets me know something that doesn't bother other people might bother you. And so what works in one situation doesn't work in another. And the only way for me to avoid stressing this person out who's a dear friend is to give her notice. And I don't always know. I can be in the car on a whim, take the girls to my favorite little play area and call my friends nearby for coffee. Now I know that some love that and some get stressed out by that. So there is a difference between complaining, nagging, whining about something versus talking about what do we do? How can we make some adjustments? And for most of us, me included, if I keep it in, it if it's really something that bothers me and I keep it in, it grows, it festers, it stews, it builds. And when I talk about it, the longer I wait, the more likely I am to talk with irritation or aggravation or say something I might not want to say if I, even as uncomfortable as it might be, these conversations, I'm not saying they're easy. And oftentimes it's helpful to have a third party there to mediate or help navigate those bumps that come up. But the earlier we do it, just like with my back, the more likely things are to work, the more likely we are to say it in a constructive way. And so again, it might be a crazy example comparing how often you see your coach or your counselor to how often you go to the doctor. But the bottom line is we all brush things off and minimize things. And if you are in pain, physical or emotional, the earlier you deal with it, the more likely a positive outcome is. Now, there are so many ways to deal with it. I'm not going to take time to go into that, but you don't have to go to the source if you are upset with your mom or dad, you can talk to your brother or sister to get some feedback. I am not saying you have to dive in to the deep end and go right for the most uncomfortable option. I'm just saying that if you keep it in and deal with it on your own, just like me sitting here yesterday saying I'll wait to go to the doctor, 
it adds up. And I got the best night's sleep. I got answers. And I am at so much more peace than I would have been by waiting. And that's what we put ourselves through when we say that it's not important. Oh, you know, she just stopped by without calling. It's not the end of the world. She wasn't trying to hurt my feelings. I'll bite my tongue. That's absolutely an option, but it's an option that allows me to make the same mistake over and over because I don't know it's bothering you. So I hope this was useful. If you know someone who can benefit from the conversation, please share or pass it along. If you have not heard about my new Relief from Grief eight-week support groups or Team Ruthless, please check out the links in the show notes. I am struggling myself through the holidays as I approach five years without Jim, and I know so many people are struggling, so I am doing more, creating more so that people don't struggle alone and people know all of the support that's available. So with Team Ruthless, there's a weekly support call. I do holiday Zoom get-togethers on every holiday. So that means Christmas Eve and Christmas because people need a place to be. There are some people who observe and never say a word and there are others who can't wait to come vent. It is exactly what you need it to be for you nothing more, nothing less, no rules other than respect and respecting one another's confidentiality. And the Relief from Grief groups are small groups, six to eight people that I work with for the eight weeks and it's support and resources, but we also go through my Shout Five-Step Guide to Healing so that you have that guide and those tools to continue continue your healing journey when the eight weeks is complete. I hope everyone has an amazing rest of your week. Enjoy December. I hope the weather is wonderful by you. If not, come to Colorado. We're having amazing temperatures and it's my favorite place to be. And until next time, always be ruthless. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the Ruthless Movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hub community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week.